0: Hey
1: Welcome to Connectivity 187. I'm your host, Nicholas Bray, and today I'm joined by Neil Ronaghan. Hello. Becky Hollider. Hi. And Adam Abunasser. Hi, guys. So, um, before we jump into our main topics today, which we have two, one being playing games with siblings and or significant others, and uh, another segment on um, our history with gaming magazines, but first, we wanted to jump into a little bit of uh, what's everyone been up to, and um, also today, Pikmin Four was uh, sort
2: of dropped on us. It's sort of announced, like it's such a weird, like I kind of read that with like this, just like big eyebrow raise being like, "Really? This is how it's going down?" Because I guess like <laughs> um, what was it back in July or something? I guess Miyamoto and Tezuka were like going through Europe. Um, in support of Mario Maker and somehow mm. I guess the guys at Eurogamer got them to be like yeah Pikmin 4 is in development it's almost done and then Nintendo confirmed that which is just like this weird like you'd think like alright like I would imagine that Eurogamer's piece was like embargoed until today you'd think that like Nintendo would want to get in front of that maybe but like they didn't it's just so weird hmm <laughs> It's
1: it's uh so weird that um they didn't even mention this at E three even.
3: No. Yeah. Like you think I feel it, like that's it kind been, of a well, bigger deal than just dropping it in.
2: Well, I can tell you why they didn't mention it at E three, and that's because it's not gonna be out before next E three. True.
4: Mm.
2: And like I mean, well, mm. we can we can make jokes that like, oh, Federation force is gonna get delayed until two thousand seventeen or whatever. But like really everything that they showed at E three this year. Um on paper as of e three would be out way before next e three like I think yeah. the probably the most questionable thing that they showed was like uh Shimagama Tensei crossfire emblem, which is yeah still it, that'll up be for out in be. japan <laughs> this year. it's just not gonna be out in America until probably i mean I would think later next year at the earliest
4: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. but it yeah, is it's still like, it's still weird it is weird, like um you know, because we're
1: assuming that it's going to be on uh, for the Wii U. You um, know, there's no problem with having more Wii U games, but it's just to me, it's kind of weird that they would throw development resources towards uh, another Pikmin game.
2: It's it's a pet project of Miyamoto. Like, I mean, that's yeah. why Pikmin Three even exists, and part of it's also they have the engine done. And I saw yeah. people. I got into got into some talks with people on the internet about it, and people were like, "Oh, how come they're not using these?" these developers to, like, make a new F-Zero or a Metroid game, and that's because that would require, like, more unique assets. Like, with this, like, you have an HD Pikmin game, like, the, the base is there, you just expand on it or iterate on it, and then you have a new game. Whereas, like, mm-hmm. an F-Zero, like, even if you took the Mario Kart 8 engine, you'd still have to do a lot of work to make that game an F-Zero game.
3: Yeah.
0: Now, with this, they were working on... Uh, pikmin 3 dlc for a while but it kind of just stopped do you think they got kind of overexcited and just kind of turned what they were working on into pikmin 4 that could be it although I, I don't think the dlc
2: ever just stopped i mean i think they had a plan for it and it was like six months after launch and then it ended it's the same thing with mario kart like
3: yeah it seemed like they were going to do a lot it there was a plan for with the it. dlc
2: <laughs> Yeah, I think the one thing that sucked about the DLC is that all it was were like the mission modes, and I would have loved to have like some story mode DLC with that mm-hmm. game. But I just don't think that was ever in the cards. Mm. But yeah, Pikmin so Four.
1: They, they also mentioned um, like some galaxy stuff too, right? Sort of. I think that
2: we. You know what? Hold on, give me talk amongst yourselves It was more.
1: It was more alluding to like um, Something how they're for, still for thinking, the system. thinking about how to do it and. So that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, that was just so vague. They didn't they didn't give us anything okay, on Okay. Here, here's a yeah.
2: quote. Here's a quote from our, our article on website that by the time you hear this podcast it will be at least 2 weeks old. <laughs> um, from Miyamoto on a new on a new Super Mario Galaxy game. On the other hand, me and Yoshiaki Kozumi, or Kozumi-san, as he's referred to in this, uh, he's the director of Galaxy, they're always looking to challenge Galaxy and do another 3D action title. However, we can't make so many games at once in parallel, but as the hardware technology gets better and advances, I think there will be a lot of opportunity for both options. So, I think that's basically saying, like, we're working on it, like, we'll probably have a 3D Mario, uh, another big 3D Mario at some point. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's gonna happen at some point. <laughs> yeah.
3: It's just a matter of when.
2: Yep, and I, I think that it'd be smart to try to have that for launch of the NX. Right. Yeah.
3: That would be kind of a strong launch title and you know, a strong first party that everybody would be looking yeah. forward to since it's been a while since Galaxy Two.
1: You know, as long as it's like a three D Mario game that's ambitious. um People would like lap it up because, like, you know, a bit of the throwback towards uh, New Super Mario Bros. Wii uh, U was that it was just, you know, it's a Mario game, but it's not that exciting overall sort of thing. Yeah, but it probably
2: um, even even with the lackluster sales of the Wii U, it probably sold better than 3D World or a potential Galaxy Three would sell on the Wii U. Mm.
1: Hmm. Yeah. You know, it's a shame that um Mario Maker wasn't the
2: Wii U's launch title. Mm-hmm. That I think uh, I think that no. would like, it, it is one of those things where it's like Mario Maker is almost too little too late. Like yeah. if it, it, it came out if one. it came out earlier, it could have made more of a difference. And I know that people still kind of hold that hope out that like Mario Maker is going to come out and then the Wii U Wii U's are going to fly off the shelves, but oh, that's just no. that's just not realistic <laughs> anymore. There might be a sizable bump um, when we find out the sales in September for systems across the world. But it's hmm. not, not going to be anything to be like, now that Wii U
0: overtook the PS4, oh! Yeah, no,
2: like heck that's, no. That's oh, not happening. That ship sailed pretty much the month the PS4 launched.
3: Exactly.
0: I just hope that Mario Maker doesn't die when the NX comes out, that it, like, is yeah. on the NX or something.
2: I mean, we can we can, we can can talk about my review of the game. Um, that's that's up on Nintendo World Report, and by the time you hear this, it'll be old news, and everybody will be playing the game. Um but one of my big complaints with it is that I kind of can't wait for Mario Maker 2. So, like, there's just, there's a lot of little things that kind of add up that are, like, missing from that game. Like, you can't make slopes. There are no secret exits, no checkpoints. There's a lot of enemies that I feel are kind of missing. Like, no kind of star coin like things that you can put in levels. Um, and I would love to see that get, I would love to see Mario Maker as, as a concept get iterated on. Yeah, um, yeah. And, I mean, of course, like, a Zelda maker or a 3D Mario maker, like, that stuff would be incredible, probably also way harder to do, but, like, having that maker style of games continue would be awesome.
1: I could see a 2D Zelda, um, maker eventually, maybe, but a 3D Mario one, there's so many more variables to account for in a 3D game design, I mean... Even making it easy to use, like Mario Maker does a lot of things right just by making the interface so easy
2: for people to just jump in and place blocks and stuff. Um... I feel like the next game, as far as like a Zelda Maker, um, the next game that I think that people should start like getting in Miyamoto's face in interviews and be like, hey, you played this, like everyone was with Minecraft, Mm -hmm. is The Binding of Isaac. Because even though I'm not personally that hot on that game i I tried playing it it's just the the roguelike nature of that game didn't really grab me but that game is basically like it's like a twin stick zelda twin stick 2d zelda in a way and i think there's a lot of ideas with that that could be that could be brought to some kind of randomly generated zelda or possibly a zelda where you make your own items or something
1: hmm Okay, so after that little bit of news, or old news by the time this goes out, um, so, uh, Neil, what did you get up to on the weekend or just recently?
2: Um, well, right before this, I, I was playing some Mario Maker, as I'm getting, <laughs> recording some video for the final stretch um, before the embargo goes up. Uh, I think the one thing that I've kind of come to terms with with Mario Maker right now is that we reviewers are pretty terrible at making levels. Cause like there's every now and then like there's a few guys that are doing the Lord's work and making Mario levels right now, but then I'll just go through some of them where I'm like, what are you doing, man? But I also feel like that might not be entirely game reviewers' faults. I think that's just what's gonna happen in Mario Maker in general, and the reality of how many terrible levels are gonna be made, kind of like harshens my it harshes my buzz. Not for, everyone for can games, be a game
3: so. designer. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and I mean, it's true, and it's going to be, like, it's been a humbling experience for me, and probably everyone that's like, I got all these ideas, you're going to sit down and try to do them, and be like, oh man, this is really hard. Um, but, it, like, it's it's kind of, as someone kind of looking forward to play games, like, I just don't know how well that's going to work, in a way. But, mm. Yeah. But aside from Mario Maker, I've been playing Disney Infinity 3.0. Um, which is very fun. I, it's made a great first impression on me I haven't even gotten to playing the Star Wars specific stuff. Um, have any of the three of you played Disney Infinity in the past? do <laughs> you, uh,
1: earlier this year <laughs> the 2.0 one but I think I mentioned on the live stream I ended up I haven't really played much of it and I found like just turning it on kind of overwhelming and confusing. <laughs>
2: that's um. still very much there in the yeah. third one but what the third one kind of does better is that like so when it starts up and you're in the toy box it kind of it places you in the, like a, a hub world as before like yeah. in the past it's like it puts you in like oh you can make your own thing around this but this is like a defined like this is the hub world and there's like a place in the middle that you can go to and then you can go start building your own toy boxes if you want to yeah that was but one that of the big hub deals world, yeah,
3: I was, th- yeah, was one of the big world, deals about new one.
2: Yeah, there's a bunch of, like, spokes there. And in this, the, like, there's that center area, and then outside of that, like, there's different areas. Like, one of them, like, there's the concept of sidekicks in this game, where, like, you can kind of, like, train up, like, a little buddy to help you fight things. Then there's one that's more focused on uh, the vehicle usage. There's one that's more focused on, like, the, the online and like what other people are making in the toy box there's one that's focused on like jumping around and maneuverability and in each of these areas there's kind of like a little like playground to mess around and then there's also challenges that you can go through and I found like I spent like I put in the game and spent like two or three hours just messing around and all of those things and there's there's still a limit to what's there and I, I was getting pretty close to hitting upon that limit in like three hours um but then you can go online and download more toy boxes people it's easier for people to create their own things in this game although um, coming off of Mario Maker it's kind of crazy to see how inelegant the Disney Infinity creator is compared to Mario Maker but also how much how much bigger that creator is like with, with Disney Infinity like it's a you know a 3D game but you can make it like a Diablo style game or a side scroller and that's really cool and the other the other thing that i've been checking out with disney infinity is the toy box takeover game which i think they they introduced this last year where in addition to like the play sets for the specific the specific like the the star wars and the marvel and the inside out and everything they also have these other discs that then you put on the portal and then they unlock these kind of side modes that anyone can play in and toy box takeover is just it brings back villains from other games. Like I think uh, Syndrome is like the big villain from from The Incredibles. Um, I fought against uh, Barbosa from Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, um, and it's just like Diablo style levels that you go through with any character that you want. Um, and I'm having fun with it. It definitely feels way better than the previous ones, and I'm excited to dive into the Star Wars stuff. Yeah, the Star Wars stuff's the big draw here, really. <laughs> And, yep. and other than that, I've been playing LBX, but I think, Adam, I think you've been playing a lot of LBX, haven't you?
0: I'm obsessed with LBX.
2: All right, then I will leave that for you, sir.
0: Okay.
1: We may as well just jump straight over to Adam, then. Uh, so, Adam, how's LBX?
0: Um, I have a soft spot in my heart for, like, awful children's anime stories about friendship and technology. Uh like I was So was this game with, this game was made for you. This game was made for me. Like I loved the all I know about Mega Man comes from Mega Man Battle Network and Mega Man Star Force. And I will admit that those games had terrible stories, but like the combat was kinda of fun. But I oh my gosh, I loved them. And uh LBX is about this little boy whose mom won't let him have a, a murdering toy robot because they're too dangerous. But it turns out that like your dad invented them. And then he disappeared in a plane crash. He didn't die. He disappeared in a plane crash. Uh, and then, like, ten years later, some weird lady shows up and gives you a super special LBX that's going to save the world. Um, and then you have a little robot, well, and you can go... It
2: just, it's got the stupidest conceit for anything. Because it's just, like, they launched this toy, these toy robots, and then they, like, had to shut it down because it was too violent. And they're like, guys, don't worry. We got fortified cardboard. Everything's fine. Oh, yeah. Which is just like so, all so basically, it's like you have like a pokeball in your pocket and you throw it out, and just like a little box pops out. And it's like, all right, our guys are gonna fight there. But then, like, in the there's like an once you once the weird lady gives you the briefcase, then like there's of course like these weird people that might be in blackface, I'm not sure. Um, the three of them they're all wearing suits, and then they go to your house, and instead of like these are three adults trying to, like, accost a child and, and get his, his toy robot from him. Instead of, like, just using their own force as human beings, they send in their three little robots to, like, fire at this person who is, I don't know, 50 times as big as these little robots. <laughs> and instead of, like the, like, the boy being like, I don't know, I'm just going to step on these things, he's like, all right, I'll send in my robot to fight. Like, it's, it's just, like, the dumbest conceit in the world. But I guess Pokemon's the same way, so it's, all, it's, it's okay. Game's really fun. Go on, Adam.
0: Yeah, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! is even worse with that. And I loved Yu-Gi-Oh! They would play cards instead of yeah. actually just <laughs> fighting I'm each other. I'm gonna punch you in the <laughs> face! Alright, I got a three, and now I
2: got a pair. Like, <laughs> <battle> <laughs> but I just,
0: I just love how confusingly the story escalates. Like, the opening cinematic is the little boy, like, in space, fighting giant robots yeah! or something. And then he's like, oh, I remember that one day. And then it goes to him, like, at the World Championships. And then he goes, I remember that one day. And then you take control (laughs) of your character. And it's, like, two flashbacks later. And uh, the first thing you do is you fight the school bully behind the gym. And then the second thing you do is you stop an assassination on the prime minister. Yeah! Um, it's just... like, that's chapter one, <laughs> chapter two. Like,
2: there's, what?
0: There's no, no ramp-up. It's just from, like, that's... zero to 100. I guess there's, like, 15 chapters, so I guess it ends in space. That's what uh, <laughs> the opening alludes to. Uh, but the actual battle is is pretty fun. Um, it When I was, like, ten hours in, it got kind of stale. And then I changed my weapon, and I was like, Oh, wait a second. This weapon plays completely differently. So that that kind of changed it up, um, and i have only it really has used almost, a couple weapons. It has
2: it has almost like a light Monster Hunter element to it, in that like how how much each weapon kind of feels different. Like it's definitely not as deep as Monster Hunter, but like the idea of kind of customizing your your robot however you want to suit your play style. Like I'm I'm getting very very strong Monster Hunter vibes with with that element of it, and I and I get super overwhelmed with all the different parts that you can put on your robot. But I do, I do love the way that the combat kind of feels. And the ability to like switch, on char- switch, switch other characters on the fly when you're in battle. Um, and, and the customization after you kind of wrap your head around it. It's pretty simple to tweak everything.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I've actually played multiplayer. Uh, oh! The day, yeah, the day it came out, I bought two copies. I bought one for me and one for my best friend. And I call him every day and I tell him that he has to play it so that we can battle. Um, and he's still pretty early in the game, but yesterday I went over to his house and he was like, oh, since you're so much stronger, can I bring my teammates? And I was like, sure. And then he just destroyed me. And I was super upset because I was like 10 hours deeper into the game than he was. He was like, oh, I have to go fight the school bully. And I was like, I did that like a week ago. (laughs) Um, But it, it worked pretty well. I mean, there were just two of us and we sat right next to each other. Um, but it was, it was fun. I really wish like, it was
2: online.
0: Yeah, I I wish it was online, but I feel like I I would just get destroyed if I went online.
2: Yeah, like I mean, like because I uh, played it at a at a preview event. Um, I played some of the the multiplayer and I really enjoyed it. And I was I was there with uh you know our own Justin Baruby and we were playing each other. And we asked the rep, being like, we could play this online, right? And he's just like, uh, no. And we're like, our our hearts sank.
4: Aww.
2: But, but it's really fun. Um, I think I might be like, what chapter are you on, Adam?
0: Um, I think I'm at like the end of five or something.
2: Okay, I think you're. I'm at the end of four. Like I'm at like the the what is it the the
0: catacombs contest? Oh, that bullshit! Oh my god! <laughs> oh, god. No, no <laughs> damn it! Can I tell you a little bit about that? Can I? Do you mind if what? I can spoil it for you? Okay, so you have three matches and you win all three of them by like a technicality. No. just one after the other it's such bullshit like you're winning your match and then it goes to a cutscene where you're losing and then there's a technicality and it's like I, I, I guess that's probably how there's the a lot of anime do. goes there's a lot of like deus ex
2: machina in this in this in this game in general it's just like alright you're getting beat but like don't worry someone just saved you from death like
0: yeah there, there's it's tons wonderful. of that it's friendship always saves the day yep
2: but it is it's 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 a slow burn, but I've been enjoying it a lot. Okay, so uh, Becky, what have, what have you been up to?
3: Uh, well, uh, Kim and I have been jumping back on our YouTube videos for
1: uh, yes. NWR. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, we did we did one of the NX that we just put up, um, like last last Friday, really early, because we ended up we ended up like filming it, and then something went wrong. <laughs> I can't even remember what it was now, and we couldn't put it up. Uh, two, like, the Friday before last, um, like we wanted to. So we're going to end up having to put two out in a row because we're putting out another one this Friday for Mario Maker um, uh, about all kinds of little Easter eggs and stuff that you can find in the game. Um, just little clever things to look for that we're we're excited about. But, yeah, we were just kind of like, crap, it's been a while since we've done a video. We we went through our blooper reels and our, our dancing videos from E3, we gotta come up with something. <laughs> so we were like, yeah, we we had a. I think we've gotten the most comments on our NX video ever of people basically telling us we're stupid and apparently didn't research any of our information except we did. The best
1: way to get our uh, debate to get comments is. I know, is to, we're just
3: uh, kinda like, well. Say
1: bad things or I think, um, I think misreport in, things.
2: In the two stags of the internet's defense. I, I did kind of enjoy it where you're basically just like And the annex is coming out next year Like it was fact I know <laughs> like, that was like I did kind I, of enjoy <laughs> that like I, I think it was like like, they could have used a little bit of like pulling it back But I still really really yeah, enjoyed no, it, we, we kinda, it
3: We did end up posting that on like one of the things Like yeah we probably should yeah. have actually said that as maybe instead But like then the rest yeah. of the video Was like maybe this Probably that well somebody yeah. said this So this might be true it was like, oh crap, the one sentence we didn't put that on It
2: it's like hard to talk about the NX right now because so much of it is unconfirmed and well, just yeah. speculation and, and rumors. And
3: most of it like ninety percent of it is nothing but speculation. I mean it's like somebody yeah. said, Well, I heard a little bit of this somewhere, so we think this is gonna be true and it's like uh well we can try and put something like that in there. Yeah But yeah, and you're, also, and then, you're also in
2: the You're in that dangerous spot with NX two where like popular rumors become fact
3: yeah like
2: like there's really been nothing to support the whole concept of like oh there's going to be a handheld and uh and a home version of the nx like that's been like people extrapolating some of the stuff that like you know iwata and nintendo said in the past but like it's still like it's us extrapolating kind of what we want and putting that into nintendo's words
3: and but yeah and based off. It's all in the all in the
2: name of fun speculation.
3: Yeah, we were just kinda like, th- well, at least, you know, we got people talking about it, even if they think we're yeah. you know, even if they hate us apparently. <laughs> but yeah, I mean <laughs> it was just kind of like we were like, Yeah, you know, some of the things could have been clarified a little bit better, but there was obviously some information that was like definitely presented through some other publications as a lot more supported than it was, apparently. Uh <laughs> So we were just like, oh, well, you know, there is that too. But yeah, yeah we did try I, I, and I like very much be enjoyed like,
2: it.
3: yeah, I told her, I was like, okay, next time we do a speculation video, uh, let's put <laughs> speculation and rumors in the title. So, <laughs> you know, people were just like, no, this is all baseless, you know, uh, you know, speculation. And we we're like, yeah, that's why we said. Probably. <laughs> And I mean some of the yeah some of the things were definitely worded impro- improperly, but there was some stuff that we outright said was not necessarily a fact, you know that was just kind of like, oh, okay. if this was true, maybe this will be a thing. you know the whole thing about the the skeleton crews working on some of the games that came out from e three and second party uh, companies working on them so that they may obviously be gearing up for the nX, and you know like the whole thing people were just like. Yeah, Zelda's not coming out for the NX. We're like, well, you know, if it did come out in 2016 and they pushed it out 2015, wouldn't that be a great NX launch title? And they're all like, Yep. Well, yeah, there's no, but there's no, you know, fact behind it. We're like, I know, but isn't it fun to think about? Like that was the point, not not to say that this it's was actually coming. But, it's speculation. But you know, all fun. Exactly, especially because it would be like, well, this would be the best idea for Nintendo would be to release something strong like a 3D Mario or Zelda. For the NX, you know, if you want to come out of the shadow of the Wii U's poor sales, what better way to do it than, you know, take this Zelda title that everybody's already looking forward to and, you know, either, you know, do it as an opening title and a swan song for the Wii U, like they did with Twilight Princess, or, you know, strictly put it on the NX and just kind of push it back a little bit more and work with all of the new technology that you've got, but, or that you might have. (laughs) But yeah, that that was an interesting video. But this 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 week's is probably going to be a little bit more tame as far as how much <laughs> people hate it, <laughs> um, just because it's a lot of information that's already been kind of out about Mario Maker, like some of the changes in sprites that they've done, like uh, the Super Mario World change in sprite for Bowser. Um,
2: yeah. Yeah. Which so I don't. I I like I like the way he originally looked in Mario World. I don't know.
3: It's I, weird. Think he look, he I think he looked. I think he looked so weird. <laughs> And I was just like, I was looking at the new sprite, and I'm just kind of like, although looking at this, it really almost doesn't fit as well as the old version, even if the old version is weird. But yeah, it's uh, the new videos, all, all that kind of stuff. And we're hopefully yeah, doing, some, doing some more like game focused stuff with some of the new, new stuff that's coming out by the end of the year. Uh, since I'll be reviewing Yoshi's Woolly World hopefully soonish, ish <laughs> um, we might do some yeah. kind who, of... Who knows
2: when we'll get that? I mean, if you were I in know. Europe, we'd all be playing it already. <laughs> I know. know. Uh, yeah, I, I own it. I God! <laughs>
3: i know and i'm just like, I know, it's like
2: it's like it comes out here and
1: uh if you, all the americans are like oh you really want to play it and i'm yeah. just like uh, yeah i'll get to that i'm just I've kind of like i'm
3: just kind of <laughs> like can i can i get somebody to just like buy me yarn yoshi before i before it comes out so that i can play it with the yarn yoshi amiibo <laughs> as part of my review <laughs> is that is that a thing can they send me one of those <laughs> but, I, know, yeah. I
1: could send you one if you want send it to me <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk later if yes, you really want one. Yes, yeah. I actually-
3: I really do. <laughs> I might have to get Kim in on this too, because we've been- her and I have been just discussing like, so which color do you want? <laughs> like... <laughs>
2: the answer is all three. E-
3: exactly. Uh, I- It's really I hard to I don't know, design. I'll
2: wind up with all three.
3: Yeah. It's
2: like that kind of the thing where I'm like, I only need one, but like, I don't know, they're adorable.
3: They're so cute! <laughs> And it's just like I mean, it's as awesome as Epic Yarn was for Kirby, they it didn't come with Yarn Amiibo. That's that's all there is to it. So,
1: okay, so um, I haven't really been doing too much uh, stuff. I was actually going to try and um, like watch the Blu-ray of the Super Mario Brothers movie oh, uh, for this episode. <laughs> that came out I on never... Blu-ray.
3: It came
2: out on in Blu-ray? in Europe. It did. Yeah, uh, it came out last.
1: Okay. It came out. Came out last year. Uh-huh. And um, I've had it. For, I've had it for ages, and I just haven't. It's right next to your copy of uh, Woolly World. It is, yeah. I'm going to do a double feature on that. (laughs) Um, uh, Because Yoshi was really, really woolly in uh, the movie. (laughs) 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 Uh, With all these scales. Um, But the Blu-ray, just a little bit of information on the Blu-ray. The Blu-ray apparently has... It's got a really good uh, new transfer for Blu-ray. And there's actually, uh, I think, an hour-long documentary... From, like, like, uh, and goes into you know, they get people like the directors of the film and that to talk about it. So I do want to get to that eventually and um, sort of have a chat about that because it sounds pretty interesting. Um, like the whole the whole package of that that Blu-ray is really good. So if you've got a like a region-free Blu-ray player in America, it's probably you know not a bad idea to import it.
3: Yeah, because I would like to know what went through their heads. Just you know. <laughs> Watching that movie during my childhood, just going, "What?"
1: <laughs> I didn't even really watch it until the early two thousands. Um, so you know, it's 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 a weird movie. It's a really bad Mario movie, but I don't know. I don't know if it's there's actually there's a campy that bad a movie. movie. It is. Yeah. There
3: is. I, yeah. You
1: know, I go back to like this thought I had is like, um, if Mario never existed, but that movie still like, had come out. Would people yeah. be more like fond, like fondly remember it?
3: Kind of, kind of, almost like the Ninja Turtle two, Ninja Turtles two movie with Vanilla Ice in it. You're like, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can't yeah. Like be fun. If, my, if
1: you didn't have anything to compare it to, it's like this is an adaptation of a video game franchise. Like if it's just a movie, um, people
0: probably would be a little less down on it, maybe. Maybe it's just a goofy movie. It's weird that it has the Mario name on it, but it, it's just one of those like stupid, silly movies. Okay, so we're going to take a short break and we'll be back with our
1: first uh, topic for this episode, um, gaming with siblings and or significant others. Welcome back. Now we're going to jump into our first topic, even though our intro went uh, a bit longer than expected, and that is uh, gaming with siblings and or significant others. So uh, where do we want to start on this? Um, who, who wants to jump in first and talk about their brother or sister or whatever from back in back in the day or even, even recently?
0: Oh, I do. <laughs> Go okay. ahead. Okay. All right. So I'm the second of four kids. Um, the oldest and the youngest are five years apart, so we were all, like, really close in age. Um, and my brother and I, when I was, like, three or four, got a Super Nintendo, and that was for our room, and we played through, like, the Donkey Kong Country games together. Um, we played a lot of, like, Ninja Turtles, uh, just, you know, the Super Nintendo multiplayer stuff. Uh, but then all four of us together saved up and bought a Nintendo 64 a little bit after... Uh, it came out, and that's that's probably where I remember playing games together the most. Um, for some reason, I have really strong memories of playing that really awful Rugrats Mario Party game. Even though we only <laughs> right, was not were... the one based on the movie. Oh my god! Um, I think it had like some movie stuff oh, in it. Were... It was terrible, and we only rented it for one day. Was it
2: like was it like Rugrats World Party or something like that? I think there might have been two Rugrats games. It was a, the there were two. Was I was a think. Mario Party ripoff.
0: Um, uh, but my sister actually found it used A couple of years ago So we all got together I think it was oh like God. Thanksgiving And played that game again <laughs> And somehow I remember it being terrible Regrets somehow, scavenger hunt Yes uh, uh, Somehow it was it was worse than we remembered And we were all like begging each other to quit But uh, no one No one wanted to be the one to quit uh, But I, I remember Playing that game um, We did a lot of Mario Party and uh, it really, really added to the experience having, like, three other people really close to your age uh, to be able to play Mario Party and Mario Kart with. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, I still game with them. My brother, when he's in town, will play, like, 3D World. Um, he, he loves that game. And then he and his friends are really into Smash, so we'll get together and play Smash. And they're pretty good, but I can I can usually beat them, and they get really mad and make me, like, change my character and stuff (laughs) and then my sisters and i oh we love animal crossing and we have this this really weird yearly tradition that started when we were too young to know any better uh where we (laughs) go and buy the uh i think it's called like the festive count count the festive candle around uh christmas time and celebrate kwanzaa in our in our animal crossing village (laughs) (laughs) Every year, we buy each other gifts. And it's, like, super wholesome, but it's just a weird thing that my sisters and I do every year. Uh, But I I, I live with one of my sisters, um, the closest one to me in age, and I try and get her to play. Uh, We played uh, affordable space adventure together, and that was awesome because it started off really easy, um, and then it got really hard, and she was just freaking out the whole time. Like, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And uh, we had to work together.
2: I played Affordable Space Adventures um, with two of my friends, a bulk of it. Except for I made the mistake of getting really drunk. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so I, like, because when you do it with three players, um, for people who are familiar with that and haven't played it three players, um, you have, like, one person with a gamepad. Um, and they do all, like, the controls and stuff. And then there's another person that just controls the ship. And the third person will control, like, the, the light. They're the science officer So that's what I was But what you could do with that Is if you hit the buttons in such a combination Then like you just have like a strobe light go off um, <laughs> So during any situation As I got trollier and trollier Whenever there would be any situation Where it's like alright we gotta be really quiet I would just turn that off And then watch as we got harmlessly blown away <laughs> um, But I, that's, that's a really fun game With, with friends and siblings And anybody
0: yeah, I was really impressed by that game, uh, especially my sister doesn't play much. She plays like just Zelda and Animal Crossing anymore, um, but she was able to just hop right in and uh, kind of go along with me. So Neil, do you have any? You have a brother, don't you? Uh, yeah. Um, a
2: lot of my memories with uh with playing games with my brother and my sister were when I was way younger because they're five and seven years older than me. Um, mm-hmm. so that's kind of where a lot of I guess my my basis for video gaming comes from is playing with my brother because he got a Sega Genesis with his own money um in like the early 90s and that was kind of like the first console that was in the house when I was little Mm -hmm. um and and then I had a cousin who had an NES that we would go over there and play that and then eventually when that cousin got older and didn't care about the NES he just gave it to us so we played a lot of like sports games on Genesis and NES and a lot of Mario a lot of Punch-Out um that's probably where a lot of my love for, you know, why I still play Madden year in and year out is a lot of because of the influence of my brother when I was younger. And hmm. now I've kind of paid back the favor that, that he did to me in getting me into video games when I was younger because now I'm, I'm basically like, uh, I'm, I'm the uncle that just feeds my niece straight video games constantly. Because um, <laughs> basically whenever I have a game and I'm like, well, I'm done playing it, I will lend my copy of her. Kind of almost indefinitely. <laughs> so, but I've been I've been getting her into you know Disney Infinity, um, uh, some of the like new Super Mario Brothers, three D World, Mario Kart, um, and it's been it's been kind of fun seeing her like kind of digest these games. But I guess for for me, probably the more the more significant thing would be uh, the whole playing with significant others part of this this yeah. discussion. Because that's actually, like, how I met my wife. It was uh, my freshman year of college. And I was wearing a Mario Brothers t-shirt. And she had a Super Nintendo with her. But no... She didn't have the right... Like, I think, like, her roommate only brought, like, a uh, TV that had an RF connection. And she only had, like, AV cables or something like that. Um, so she, she pointed out my shirt and was just like, I've got an N64, but I, I can't hook it up. So then we ended up hanging out and playing... Dr. Mario, uh, GoldenEye, and Dr. Mar- um No, Tetris Attack. It was Dr. Mario, Tetris Attack, and GoldenEye. Um, and then that's kind of... That's, that's where a lot of our relationship kind of blossomed out of there, was just that. And now, at this point, she just steals my Japanese 3DS plays Picross, um, only to emerge <laughs> to play the occasional game of Fortune Street. Um, she's kind of... I mean, she's still she still plays games... And and she has the knowledge because she listens to me blab on about them, a lot. But she's not as she's not as involved with playing them now. But I occasionally get her to come out and play mm. something. Usually, mm. it will be like, "I need to do it for the site." Um, <laughs> she'll be like, "Fine." Um, but yeah.
0: Gosh, that origin story is adorable. Yeah, Aww. it's a cute one. <laughs>
2: I mean, the kid—the the, the thing that makes it not cute is that she had a boyfriend when I met her. But <laughs> Oops. But that, that dude went away real fast, um, and now it's like I'm that, that was uh, actually we're coming up on like it's been almost exactly nine years since that occurred. Because it was the
0: first weekend of, of freshman year of college. Well, you should get her an RF connector for your anniversary. <laughs> oh. Well, no, I mean like we legit have our fourth
2: wedding anniversary next week, and. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think the fourth wedding anniversary is the RF connector anniversary. <laughs> it's like flowers or something like that. Oh, psh. Um, I'm not. A, I'm not a bad husband. I just I, I dealt with this like a week or two ago, and it's the fourth. The fourth wedding anniversary is a really dumb wedding anniversary in the grand scheme of things because it is. It's just like, like one of the things. Like if you just like go to like you know like wedding dot about dot com, it's just like. Here's a fun thing to do: watch your wedding video. And it's no, like that's not a fun thing. To do. That's really boring. Like a lot of talking, just people walking down an aisle. Like, yeah, who needs that? You just need some golden eye. And you, yeah, set. yeah, there just you go. some golden eye, man. Golden Much eye, a wedding dress, like Much that's
1: Much better. It. So, so Becky, have you got any uh, stories? What's your history?
3: Oh well, I uh, I grew up for a long time as the youngest of three girls. But I'll, I'll let you know that didn't stop us. Um, all of us still play video games religiously to this day. Um,
1: I, I say that's a lie because you know we all know that girls didn't play video games back know, in the days.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we we actually. My sisters did me the service of killing our NES before I actually really had the motor skills to, to use it. Um, oh. So I didn't really get to play Mario for a long time when I was a kid. Or I, I, I say a long time, but I really mean until I was like six. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we, we, did
1: he <laughs> just stare longingly at the cartridge?
3: Yeah, well, then we ended up giving them to my uncle's family, because they had a Super NES, and we didn't we didn't get to see them until we finally moved back up to Washington, because they lived in Washington, and we lived in California. And then uh, when we finally moved back up there, uh, we got to go over there quite a bit, and so I got to play the Super NES, and I just remember, you know, staring at it, going, this isn't my Sega Genesis, where's my Sonic games? <laughs> like, just going, I don't understand this! <laughs> um, and obviously, being really bad at video games, because for a long time, I just rode on my sister's coattails. Um, you know, they were older <laughs> and smarter, so you know we'd play Sonic the Hedgehog, and I'd always get stuck on tails because my sisters were like, "You could die. It was no consequence. So you just you just <laughs> stay over there and have that controller." <laughs> um, which is funny because it ended up actually kind of like working out because, and I I uh, I got. One like Sonic, old Sonic combo pack thing for the PlayStation 2 years later from one of my older sisters. And I am like single handedly the best sidekick in that game. (laughs) Like I can kill everything and I'm an invincible badass because I just played it all the time.
1: But yeah, it's funny because it's, um, I did that with, (laughs) uh, we have a family friend that's two years younger than me. And, um, when back in the day it would play Sonic. But when he was over and stuff and um, I would make him be Tails because he wasn't very good but then you know we worked out that he was like it was way better because once he got sort of a bit more confident he could yeah. just take out Robotnik like yeah, you know, yeah. and Sonic could it. just hide out exactly
3: it
4: got <laughs> Yeah, got to
1: point I just had to dodge anything and like he yeah. would just, just go and beat the guy so
3: exactly my sisters would she, they did they eventually got to that point where they'd just like stand in the middle of the stage and go Becky sick it <laughs> like yes <laughs> but and then like really the first couple of games we ever played on the nintendo after that was uh for me it was super mario brothers duck hunt um and turtles um uh gosh which one was it oh Manhattan like, was Project. it the arcade game it was Manhattan oh, Project. Manhattan. Yeah,
2: that's that's. I never played that one. I had when I was younger. I had. I, I think I still do the the first and the second one. But I never played Manhattan Project.
3: I really, I really liked it. But again, I had terrible judgment as a six year old. So I don't know. Yeah. It could have been good. Could have been bad. <laughs> but I just remember having like so much fun with it. And then obviously, you know, my my fun gun for Duck Hunt. Uh, you know, I learned I learned uh video game rage very early. Uh shooting the duck hunt dog Um, but uh, and I just remember that like started me off from there and then when uh, my parents got divorced years later and I ended up basically my family sort of turned into the Brady Bunch um, because my stepdad had three kids so it went from just having two older sisters now I had five other siblings um, and (laughs) we became the best house on the block because we had two Nintendo 64s my sister oh my had God. gotten one for her birthday, and then my stepbrother had one as well,
0: and <laughs> he had he had the whole
3: the football and sports side of the spectrum, and we had, like, you know, Mario Party, and my sister had the original Smash Bros. Um,
2: oh, that's awesome.
3: And Mario Kart 64. Uh, and Zelda. Zelda, that was my Zelda Ocarina of Time was my first Zelda game ever, and that's now a lifelong addiction.
2: <laughs> me too, me too. <laughs> yep, yep, same here. Yeah. Although, I... I I had, I had attempted to play, like, Zelda 1 and Zelda 2, um, <laughs> and it didn't really go that well. <laughs> those games, when when you're, like, 8 years old, those games can be very daunting. Especially when you're like, well, there's there's a 3D system out.
3: Yeah, um, exactly. You're like, oh, I don't know, this looks weird.
2: But you but... You're talking about the early NES games that you played do do remind me of their... Like, outside of, like, Mario Brothers, um, when I would go over to my cousins and play NES... There were there were three games that I that I remember very vividly. Uh, Silent Service, which is like this weird submarine game. Hmm. Um, Blaster Master was a game that he had, and my my brother, my sister, and my cousin, we would all kind of try to get through that game. And for people who have tried to play Blaster Master, um, that game's really hard. Um, we never get very far in it, and I actually did go back to it when it came out on Virtual Console on the Wii, and beat it. And it was, like, the first time I saw the second half of that game, and it was incredible. Um, and then the other game was Anticipation, which is a game that I'm upset isn't on Rare Replay, because it's, like, the dumbest game in the world. It's by Rare, um, and it's basically Pictionary, but, like, there's, like, the computer will start to draw things and it's like connect the dots but then like later on on higher difficulties the dots are more spread out so it's le- it's harder to guess and you have to guess these different things using the NES controller to like you know go through and sort through and it's it's that kind of finicky crap where it's like if there's like shoes and you put shoe or if it's like shoes and you only put shoe then you won't get it oh. and then like some of the like I think there's like a high heel and a teddy bear are like the the player icons that you can use anticipation's a really dumb game and I love it
3: yeah one of my other favorite games that I I remember with my sister's playing them very early on was actually a PC game because my mom picked it up for like you know five bucks out of some bin in a grocery store and it was Hugo's House of Horrors (laughs) which is an old (laughs) DOS game (laughs) and I just remember like us trying to figure that like you know we were so used to things that you know for the most part we were were pretty good at figuring out where you're supposed to go everything had a very linear track and you know, it was just, you killed monsters, that was the whole thing. Well, in this game, you had to figure out exactly how to use all of the items that you got. You know, all your commands were very specific. You couldn't say, like, put steak down. You had to say, like, throw stake at dog or something like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was just like, and I know I remember years later, Kim and I actually <laughs> turned around in college, we were talking about it, I think our it was my junior year, her senior year or something, and she was like, oh my god, I remember that game! I was like, yeah, my sisters and I just, we couldn't do it. it like, for h- half the time, we were just dying over and over and over again because we couldn't figure out the right command prompt. Um, and she's like, yeah, I remember that game. And we wikipedia did it and found out that it had two sequels. <laughs> and we downloaded a DOS emulator so that we could play the two sequels <laughs> over the course of a long weekend. <laughs> just, oh, yeah, that that's what we did in college.
1: So, yeah, I, um, like, grew up with the Sega Mega Drive. Uh, we got it in like ninety three or ninety four I think for christmas and um I ended up getting Batman returns, and my sister got Sonic the Hedgehog, but uh, I was playing Sonic the Hedgehog uh, <laughs> most of the time, and um you know, my sister growing up um didn't re- like she wanted to play games, but whenever she did, she just got frustrated and angry at it, (laughs) more so. She didn't have the patience for it. So, like, she would try and play Sonic, you know, and if she died a a few times, she'd just be like, ah, I don't want to play. Um, so she... You know, she... We didn't really play together that much um, because it was so... ended up becoming so one-sided and we didn't have that many two-player games um, for a long time. And, um, by the time the 64 rolled around, um you know, she, I don't know, we, we didn't really play that, that much stuff together. I didn't in, like. I didn't end up getting, like, most of the multiplayer games, um, like Mario Kart 64 and that, because my friend, we had it, so I I couldn't afford to buy it, just go and buy it. So, um, you know, it wasn't until later on, like, during the Wii generation that we started, like, ended up playing together a bit more, um, and she was, like, more open to playing video games and stuff. I bought her a Nintendo DS, and, um... You know, she got hooked on that for a while. So that was... That was pretty good. But yeah, we, don't, we didn't, really like, really played together a whole lot. Um... Like, video game-wise. But yeah, even even during the Nintendo DS stuff, um... It was mainly me buying games for her, or, um, recommending some games. Like, I ended up buying a like... Um... I know these games get a bad reputation, but a couple of them are actually, like, at least average or decent enough to not be insulting. And that was, um, the, like, Imagine, Imagine oh, Ice Skating. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, there's, U- U- like, Ubisoft games, right? Um, so I get a, a couple of those. And she became addicted to, like, the figure skating one and beat it, like, four or five times, like, in a row and um same with mario party ds she played mario party ds by herself oh God. and like played <laughs> every board um just beat, with, like every character
3: beat the pole i of don't know how, how, how,
1: why <laughs> i we i think we played multiplayer on that a couple of times but um i don't really yeah so she became addicted f- for a little while there and um m- like more recently like since the Wii U with like whenever she's been over and stuff, she's always like, Oh well, let's play Nintendo Land, let's play um like Mario Party on the sixty-four or that sort of things. So, like it's it's pretty fun. Pretty fun like these days, getting together and playing multiplayer games. Alright, so we'll take another short break and we'll be back with our memories about gaming magazines. Yeah. welcome back we are back for our final segment today which is gaming magazines and how we used to you know memories or how we used to relate to them or what what are our thoughts on gaming magazines now um so neil do you want to kick off with this or what's your history with um magazines
2: um i write for one <laughs> <laughs> um I that's do, the uh, present day yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, I guess my history, um, I had a Nintendo Power subscription when I was younger. Um, then I had an EGM subscription, like, late 90s is when I started. Um, or maybe it was, might have been, like, the year 2000 is when I had an EGM subscription, and I had that for, like, four or five years. Um, and just really enjoyed reading that. And then I kind of got into a habit, um, I didn't have a subscription as I got, like, to the mid-2000s and a lot of magazines, but whenever I would, like, go on a plane or go traveling of any sort, it would be kind of, like, almost a tradition to go and, like, buy, like, the latest EGM or the latest, like, Pro or Nintendo Power. I just kind of have that as reading material, and that's something that, like, feels hollow whenever I travel now, because the only option is, like, Xbox, the magazine, or whatever, because um, everything's dead. But and then and then i mean now um i mean most of those magazines are all dead i guess all that's left from like the the old guard uh it's egm and it's weird reborn state and uh and game informer and then you have you know us us fun crowdfunding dandies over at um nintendo force or nf magazine um that i've been writing for since its inception uh just about two years ago um and that's... But, like, that's kind of a different beast because it's... It's still kind of... It's a little more, like, I guess, like, shoestring than a lot of those magazines were. Because, like, I mean... EGM, back in the day, that was a full-time job for everybody present. For Nintendo Force, it is a side gig for pretty much everybody involved. Um, with the exception of uh, Lucas Thomas, the guy who runs it, who I think it's it's a little more... His, perm, his, his full-time gig. But for most of us, I mean, we're bi-monthly and... I run this site and I have a full-time job and then I do Nintendo 4 stuff. Like, it's... It's it's just kind of... I don't know, it's sad what's happened to gaming magazines. Um, but it's... I mean, it's just print in general. It's kind of... There's there's not as much of a space for it anymore.
1: Especially on, like, the news front. It's not really... Like, having having a news section in a like, gaming magazine now is just sort of, kind of pointless, really. Um,
2: it's more of, like, you... a way to, like chronicle what happened yeah i was gonna else. sort of
1: say that it's a it is a it is a good way to sort of have like that snapshot of what was happening you know that month or whatever
2: yeah and like mm. i mean the challenge with a lot of gaming magazine stuff and i still don't see a lot of the ones that are that are out there now doing it is and, and i guess maybe that means it's not successful But, like, making it more evergreen. Like, instead of having scored reviews in every issue, like, do something where, like, because you're not going to be first to print, like, having a gaming magazine, um, like, you're, you know, for example, um, Nintendo Force, uh, Mario Maker reviews went up um, in the beginning of September. I think our next issue isn't going to be out until the end of September. Um so we're going to have a Mario Maker review in that from from other people other than me. Um but it's going to be a month late. Like the game will have already been in stores before that review goes out. And and to me there's kind of that that more interesting thing that you could do which is more take in more of the feedback that happened from that game post launch before and instead of just having here's our thoughts and a score 3 weeks later than everyone else.
1: Yeah have you guys um ever checked out the uk
2: um gaming magazine retro gamer i've i've read it a couple of times like there's there are some bookstores near me like barnes and noble mm. will occasionally cover that and I'll, I'll thumb through it
1: they do a pretty good job at being sort of you know that more evergreen uh thing with features and you know yeah. they talk about they basically talk about old games anyway so um you know it doesn't really matter they don't have to be timely um, a whole lot but they do throw in some like more modern stuff as well I don't buy it all the time because it's like $20 to buy in the news yep. here, because <laughs> um, it's imported and um,
2: oh, it's the same thing here
1: yeah yeah but it's, it is good I like buying their ones that are more like um, like I got one that sort of chronicalizes like um, a whole bunch of different systems and like information and uh, they, they even have like dedicated like feature book sort of things for, like, one system or two. Like, there's one I saw the other day, which was, like, Master System slash NES, and sort of you have to turn the book over to get, you know, it's, like, half the book each, and then either side is, like, the NES one, and then you turn it over, and then it's, like, the Master System one. So that was kind of cool. I was going to go back in time and sort of start where, like, I (coughs) started buying magazines, and that was, like, in the late 90s of early 2000 maybe um i started buying a magazine called N 64 gamer which is like an un- unofficial sort of publication and uh, it eventually went on to turn into um uh nintendo gamer um, once the gamecube was about to launch i think and uh that was a really good magazine um it only lasted like 23 issues though because i guess the gamecube they weren't selling enough magazines, so they killed it. Um, but like the N sixty four gamer was kind of like, because it was unofficial, they could be a bit more like loose with sort of appealing just directly to children, or sort of you know they threw in more slightly more mature mature jokes, you know juvenile sort of mature jokes and stuff like that. And a lot of the fan art was like console war stuff with like. Pikachu shooting Sonic with a machine gun and <laughs> sort of really that sort of thing but um, you know the magazine at the time because I never had really followed I was only just starting to follow news and reviews and stuff so it was it was fun to do that and to like sort of read a review on Majora's Mask or um, something. I used to like just basically get a magazine and that night I would just like lay in bed and read it like cover to cover and then maybe go back throughout the week and, and reread it and stuff like i couldn't do that today it's it's like i don't know I, we're not going get a magazine i don't read every article or every piece of writing now um i don't know but do i mean it's kind of
2: I, I feel like that's more representative of what the kind of just are how we digest content in this in this modern age, compared to how we did it fifteen twenty years ago, is that mm. we we take things in more and more piecemeal than we do all at once like I know that's definitely when I kind of just read articles on the internet it's not like I'm like, all right I'm gonna read everything that this site posted this week like it'll be like, okay there's an article there that seems fun okay maybe I'll come back okay yeah there's another article there mm-hmm
1: but yeah when I was um doing uh and in- Powered off for NWR, the Nintendo Gamer Magazine and stuff was sort of like the template I wanted to aim for to get, get towards eventually. Um, just like maybe, you know, how I threw in stuff like staff profiles and stuff like that. That was sort of to sort of mimic yeah. the sort of format that I liked reading back in the day and stuff. Now, I've actually pulled up because uh, I like a mu- few months ago, I actually bought a whole bunch of like earlier N64 Gamer Magazines. So I've just pulled up issue 7 from 1998 right now, and just going to have a quick flip through and see if I can find something to read into you guys. So if anyone else wants to jump in and uh, have a chat about their stuff, um, do it now. Adam, how about you?
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, Well, when I was a child, every couple months, um, I would get a Nintendo Power, and I'd be really excited about it and i would love it and read the whole thing um and then when around i think it was the issue that the gamecube launched it was like 150 i started buying every single issue and at at some point it just came into my mind i would tell people when i grow up i want to write for nintendo power and uh i continued buying every issue and every, every time I would buy one, I would sit down and read the whole thing cover to cover and then put it on my shelf. And I, I still have them all. Um, but I never, like, subscribed for some reason. I would just go to the store every month. You got fleeced month. of money, man. You got fleeced. Of, you would save so much
2: money. If you, and that's That's kind no. of why I... I like, I was getting to the point where... I mean, I, I was talking about how I would go when I was traveling and I'd buy issues. And I realized how much money I could save when I'd subscribe. So, for the last couple months... Or the last, like, year or two of Nintendo Power, I actually did subscribe to it. Because you, like... It's, like, half price.
0: Yeah, I always Ouch. remember it was a lot cheaper. But I was a child, so I didn't have, like, yeah. checks or anything. Yeah, no, that happened um, to me, too. That that was my but, excuse, as well. <laughs> I could walk, walk to the grocery store and buy one. Um... And I continued doing that forever. I think I have I have almost every issue. I'm missing, like, four. Um, but one day, like, 10, 12 years later or whatever, I saw an article. It was, like, a rumor saying Nintendo Power was closing. And I was like, what? No, this, this can't be possible. And then I realized that I had missed an issue. It's all your fault. I know. I was like,
3: no, no. You destroyed the magazine.
0: (laughs) Adam doesn't care anymore. So I called Nintendo, and I was like, are you closing Nintendo Power? And they were like, no, 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 we're totally not. We're totally not. Like, it was between when the rumor came out and uh, when they officially announced it. (laughs) It was like two days. So I, like, subscribed. Right then I was like, well, I want it. I I, I need to subscribe forever. Um, And then they ended up closing it, and... uh, i was i was really sad but i have three copies of the final issue i have one that i opened and read, and then i have a sealed store issue and a sealed uh subscriber issue um and uh, i do subscribe now to uh nintendo force and neil when you were talking about that i didn't know you wrote for nintendo force i was like yeah, freaking see, out you can I was see like, my big you can oh my see God. my big dumb me
2: like on, <laughs> on the back of every issue, man.
0: Oh my god. I
2: I'm actually that's... um <laughs> my review of LBX will be in <laughs> the next issue of Nintendo really? Force. So I need I need to write that by the end of this week.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm holding the March April one right here. And you're not on All the right, back. Wait. I don't see you here, man. You're a liar. Uh
2: um, what's on the what's on the cover of that one? I'm trying to think um, of um
0: that Mario Party and Codename Steam. Oh my god, I forgot about codename Steam. I forgot oh. the good game <laughs> even <laughs> existed. I'm trying
2: to think That might have been the month Where I didn't write that much Um But I forget I know like last month I wrote the The review for Adventures of Pip Um I did like a big article In Luigi's Mansion Um In the first issue Um And really? I reviewed 3D World For For Nintendo Force I might have Etchery and Mystery Dungeon Might be I might have written the review For that In that issue Maybe Okay or that might have I'm not, been
0: a, I don't know. I'm not gonna lie. I don't read it as deeply as uh, I, I did Nintendo Power, but I do love it. Yeah. I love that it, it comes to my house. I also love that it's every other month because Nintendo Power was was getting a little overwhelming. That every month I'd have to sit down and like read paper. I was like, what? It, it seemed <laughs> it seemed kind of backwards. <laughs> um, but now every other month I can I can flip through a gaming magazine that isn't telling me about like a call of duty game that came out a month and a half ago Uh.
2: yeah because like the the origins of nintendo first were that that day that nintendo power that the rumor was circulating and it might have been when it got confirmed and there was just an email thread going around it was started by by lucas thomas who he's been a longtime freelancer at ign um and like it was like me guys from nintendo life guys from go nintendo I think some dudes from Destructoid, like just a whole like motley crew of like, just Nintendo. It was it was the it, the reason why we came up with the Nintendo Force is that it was it, it was a force of Nintendo journalists uh, coming together to try to keep keep that going in some capacity.
0: It's so beautiful. I I, so love it. I totally spent like forty dollars on the first issue, because I I never opened it. I read the <laughs> digital one and I have it sealed. And then I remember there was, like, some subscriber bonus for, like, year two or year three or something where you could get a copy of the first issue. And I was so mad because <laughs> I have my, <laughs> my sealed, super expensive first issue. <laughs> um, yeah, but I... That's pretty much what I read. Every once in a while, I would grab something else, but I don't know. They would, like, throw in weird, like, kind of mature juvenile jokes and... It didn't seem as professional as, as Nintendo Power, which was just magical. Like, I don't even remember what else I read, but they were, like, magazines that you only ever saw once. You'd be like, oh, it's a new magazine, and I'd buy it, and I wouldn't like it, and then I'd never see it again.
2: Well, that's like, what is it? There was, well, there was that Best Buy magazine for, yeah, it ran for, like, a year or two at Gamer. That was... I remember that one. Um, that didn't last... That's done now. Um, for, for at EGM, they would have, like, there was EGM, I think what were all the offshoots there was like expert gamer um i, I feel like there was like an egm 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 2 um and it's just because i think back then like just they had the advertising revenue for it and i think game pro yeah. might have had a, a side one like that i mean that's i, I think i i wish i had like I, i'm sure there's a website out there that just has everything listed um i just don't know what it is
0: Oh, I totally subscribe to Game Informer just because I'm friends with the dude at GameStop. And every year he's like, oh, you should renew your card. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) I tried to I I tried to get the digital thing last year. Uh, Right now, I
2: think my GameStop card has expired. But like, for some reason, no matter what I would do, I could never access the digital thing. And for me, it was always like I mean, the reason why I even get the GameStop card is usually that like, all right, I'm buying a bunch of used games. And it's basically paying for itself, and I get and I get a free subscription to Game Informer. Great. Um, oh. And then I and then I realized that I was basically just collecting issues of Game Informers to eventually recycle and throw out. Um, so that's why I went digital, and now it's just like I never read it at all. Where I think if I go back, I'll probably get a physical again because at least then I would occasionally thumb through it.
3: Yeah. No. That's kind of what mm. I what I do because I mean, like. At least, you know, now, obviously, all I really subscribe to is Game Informer, because it comes with my GameStop card. Um, and but... also, it's the only thing <laughs> out there. <laughs> exactly! And, but, um, but yeah, no, I just, I get the digital copies, because I, for for a while, when I first got my GameStop card, really, and had it pretty regularly, I was still in college, and I I went to college in Vermont, but I lived in Tennessee, so I was like, well, I don't really want physical copies, because I'm going to have to, like, switch my address every couple months. <laughs> You know, so I was just like, yeah, I'll get I'll get digital copies, and to this day I still find them just, like, kind of just Like, pile up in my email, and then I'm like oh crap, the next one's out I still haven't read the last one <laughs> I'm like, occasionally, like, I'll, I'll flip through Their their newsletter since I get the digital Ones, and I'm like, oh That's kind of interesting um, But, like, I'll usually see, like, what's on the cover And maybe what's in the table of contents And that's about as far as I get sometimes Because I'm just like, oh no, that's okay <laughs> But I, I kind of wish I had the, the the physical ones just because I feel like I'd, I'd definitely read them more just because it would feel yeah. like it would sit there and stare at me from my counter instead of just like, I can forget about it in my email because it gets buried under everything else. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I miss the days of when I, because like, I never really, I never subscribed to Nintendo Power either, um, partially just because, again, youngest of six kids at one point, or second youngest of yeah. six kids at one point. Uh, there we didn't get a lot of thing a lot of special things that weren't free. Because <laughs> um, it was like my parents were always like, Well, if we get you a magazine subscription, we have to essentially offer it to all five of the others. So I really only ever got to read it when I happened to see somebody else who had a copy or just, you know, something somebody like a you know, dentist office maybe had one lying around which Never happened. <laughs> but, and I would get to pick it up, and I got so excited, because I was like, oh my god, I get to read a gaming magazine. All of this news is old, but I don't care, because <laughs> it's interesting, and 90% of it I don't know anyway. Um, so I, I just remember getting super excited about stuff like, you know, contests, and then I'd be like, oh, except this is like eight months old, so <laughs> the contest is long over. Um, so that always made me the saddest kid in the world, but... <laughs> But I always appreciated getting to actually, like, you know, really see the news in one, you know, nice copy of a magazine, but I can I can see why that kind of form of publication has gone downhill with the fact that, you know, online journalism is so competitive, you know, with things being out five seconds after they release, and magazines just can't keep up with that when they're publishing, you know, even, you know, once a month. They, they couldn't even do it if they were publishing once a week. Um so, like, like you were saying, Neil, evergreen content is where it's at for magazines, and if they don't have it, they just can't make it, so that's the reason we've seen so many go under. And it's sad. I mean, we'll, well we mourn the days of the Nintendo power.
2: Yeah. Uh. And I guess, like, I, uh, like, I re- I really wish that Nintendo kind of brought it back in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um and that, But I feel like the, the concept of the Nintendo Direct kind of replaced it. But even that, I mean, in a post-Iwata world, you know, R.I.P., um, what do you do with Nintendo Directs? And I feel like if you don't yeah. have Nintendo Directs, you need, you need to have something like that. Because after Nintendo Power, like, I feel like they didn't really connect with their fans again until they started doing the Treehouse Lives and the Nintendo Directs. And yeah. that's when they kind of got that... that that feeling that they had with Nintendo Power back then, but, you know, for, for 2015. And yeah, one yeah. thing
0: that I feel like was a huge missed opportunity was I would buy everything that Nintendo Power told me to. If something yeah. was all I'd be like, oh, I, I, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> oh, and I never understood why Nintendo didn't like offer a year of Nintendo Power when you bought new hardware. Like, you get your kid yeah. a Wii, if he's, like, 6, 8, he's not going to know what's out there. But if you send him Nintendo Power every month, he's going to know, like, oh, hey, mom, 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 buy me all these games in this, this magazine. It's the gift that just keeps giving money to Nintendo. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. I always thought they should have done that, but it's it's too late now. Yeah, kind of. Because <laughs> yeah, when, um, when the Wii
1: took off here, a bunch of Nintendo magazines got sort of reinstated over here because, um, you know, oh, we can make, might be able to make some money off Nintendo fans again. Um, so they... Nintendo Gamer came back for four issues. <laughs> and Nintendo <laughs> also launched an official magazine here, the official Australian Nintendo magazine. And I bought a f- like a few issues of that, but um, I don't know. It was just something about it. It was just like so you know, there's no, there's a lot, to me, from what I read, it was, like, seemed to be less personality, with, like, amongst the staff, and, um, sort of, they obviously wouldn't have had as much freedom just to, sort of, like, do more weird things, or express, the, like, themselves with, sort of, you know, even off, some slightly off-color language and stuff like that, um, like, that was the thing that, like, kept me reading a lot of the magazines that I used to, like, early, back in the day, it was, like, the they tried to the staff members tried to sort of imbue like a, a personality onto sort of their names and stuff, even though it was probably sort of fake and like exaggerated. Um, it gave the the magazine some sort of some color to it. Um, you know, instead of having everything so clean cut and sort of just straight to the point sort of thing. So I have flipped through the magazine that I had in my hands, and I thought it might be fun just to have a look at the news, seg- news section from uh, 98. Ooh. So, <laughs> let's have a little look in what was happening back then. Apparently, um, a game called Death Cars was uh, in the was coming out at some point.
3: Death Cars? Death Cars is
1: being programmed by Beam Software, who reside in Melbourne, and are responsible for the recent PC hit Crush, Kill and Destroy... Um, so they were an Australian developer. I guess the game never came out.
3: Wow, sounds super uh, child friendly. Right.
2: <laughs> I'm going to be right back. I can see a stack of Nintendo powers. I'm going to pull a random one out, and uh, we'll have more reading time. This is
3: going to be fun. So uh,
1: that was that's interesting. There's a yeah. I have to look into that. Whatever happened to Death Cars with the Z?
3: <laughs> Just like go, wait, <laughs> the next, if you the, can the, wiki
1: next that. the next uh, the next um, news story is uh, all about Duke Nukem. Duke's set to slam Lara on the n sixty four I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. he he did come out. Um, after that, there is a new story about a device that you can plug your n sixty four into to hook it up to a PC monitor to get you know that cleaner those like cleaner visuals and um like a better monitor to, for gaming and stuff, which is kind of weird. <laughs>
2: Alright, I've got, super I've got cumbersome. Power, Volume Forty Eight from May nineteen ninety three. <laughs> oh dear! It's got it's got Batman Returns on the cover. There's also a call-out for Zelda: Link's Awakening. Oh my Game god! Boy <laughs> uh, some of the games in here: um, Zen, Intergalactic Ninja, The Lost <laughs> Vikings, Shadow Run, Kirby's Adventure on the NES, Super Turrican. Yeah, this is this is very old. A lot of stuff on, uh, on Lost Vikings. That was a great game. And most of this is just, like, strategies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've also got an issue from uh, April 2000, and in this one they had a feature. Um, the 100 best um, Nintendo games of the century.
3: Oh wow, what, what was, was, what was yeah. number
1: one? And the top ten are as follows Super Mario Kart Worms Armageddon for the N64 Wow! Pokemon oh. Game Boy eh. Donkey Kong Arcade Super Mario Bros. for the NES Tetris for Game Boy Street Fighter 2 Turbo for the Super NES Mario 64 for the N64 Ocarina of Time for the 64. knew
3: that one was going to be on there. What do
1: you guys think number one is?
3: Uh, Link to the Past?
1: Nope. Uh, Goldeneye.
3: Goldeneye. Yeah. Ah.
2: This
1: magazine had a pretty uh, strong Goldeneye fan base at the time.
2: <laughs> Alright, here's the uh, the Nintendo Power Awards from 1992. The Nesters. Um... <laughs> Best overall Super Nintendo game. Number three, Super Mario Kart. Ooh. Number two, Link to the Past. Which, yes, that's why yes. I said Link to yeah. the Past. When you're going to <laughs> it. He's and like, well, number one, on one, Street Fighter 2 The World Warrior. Trumping Link to the Past.
3: Wow. Wow. Well um, deserved, well deserved. On Game
2: Boy, number three is Kirby's Dream Land. Number two is Mega Man 2. And number one is Super Mario Land 2. I can't disagree with that. And they even have the NES which this ties in. Number 3 is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 the Manhattan Project. <laughs> number 2 so is Dragon Warrior awesome. 4. I forgot that Dragon Warrior even Dragon Warrior 4 even came out or Dragon Quest 4 rather came out on NES in America. Cuz I only played the Super Nintendo version which is fantastic. or the the DS version um, of Dragon Quest 4. And then number 1 was Mega
0: Man 4. Good choice. Yeah, I pulled a random issue. I have, uh, 165, which... Oh, I don't know where this is... When this is from. Um, but in it, it has the power charts. And the top three selling games were... Uh, for GameCube were Metroid Prime, Mario Party 4, and Super Mario Sunshine. And it has the first in-depth look of Wind Waker, uh... Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, and the Game Boy Advance SP. But the coolest thing is that it has a super awesome Metroid Prime comic in it. Just what? right in the middle. It's so awesome. There's no talking. It's just like explosions and shooting oh, things. Crap. <laughs> Got a Star Fox comic in this one. It's so oh, cool. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. And those are so cool. They were just randomly in the middle of the issue and just be like, here's a comic. Here you go. Alright, I'm gonna... I'm taking
2: a picture of Star Fox stuff. I think this is what you call off the
0: rails. (gasps) The Mario Party e-reader game. I have this. Dude, I have... I have it,
2: like... I just came... I found it recently. I'm I'm gonna bust it out with friends at some point. That game's awesome. That game's so good.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Okay, seeing as how, um... This has devolved into us flipping through and <laughs> reading random read stuff. And being like, oh uh, this Let's so uh, cool. maybe uh, wrap up this segment and the episode. Uh, thanks, guys, for jumping in and chatting about some random stuff today. And if you would like to email Connectivity, you can do that by um, sending an email to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. Uh, you can rate us on iTunes. That would be good as well. And um, you can follow all of us on Twitter. I'm at NicholasNWR. I'm at Enron10. Uh,
3: I'm, I'm at... at... Oh. <laughs> We're... Do you want to go first? I'm go at,
0: <laughs> at AdventureBuddy01, and A is the only vowel in adventure.
3: And I'm at BHDangerFace. That's me, <laughs>
0: Also, just
1: wanted to mention, uh, I'm thinking of starting up a and like an official connectivity Twitter account soon, um, with the help of Adam here, most likely. So, hopefully, um, we'll have that ready to go fairly soon, maybe even before this episode goes live. And that'll be a good way, I think, for people to just be able to directly uh, chat to connectivity or like th- throw questions to us for listener mail and anything like that. So. Keep a lookout for that, and uh, thanks again everyone for joining me, and until next time.
4: Bye. Bye.
0: Bye.